Welcome to the Anchored Podcast with Pastor Reginald Wayne Sharp Jr. I am so excited that you've tuned in, and it is my prayer that these messages will always help you to remain anchored, regardless of what storm or what season you're navigating. I pray that God would speak to your heart today and that you will never, ever, ever be the same again. Stay connected to Fellowship Chicago. This is Pastor Reginald Wayne Sharp Jr. I pray you stay anchored. Peace, peace. We are looking at the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 1. And you all know I like to teach a little bit, so we'll have a couple passages to look at. I promise it'll make sense in the end. I promise, I promise. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25 from the New Revised Standard Updated Edition for the theologians in the room. The updated edition is the one that has now been compiled by black biblical scholars. And so I wanted to lean into black scholarship. Verses 18 through 25 read this way. Now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place in this way. Sound like a black family telling the story. It happened like this when his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph but before they lived together she was found to be pregnant from the Holy Spirit mm -hmm, that's my God a Maury episode her husband Joseph being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace planned to divorce her quietly but just when he had resolved to do this an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said Joseph son of David do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit she will bear a son and you are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from all of their sins and this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet look the virgin shall come become pregnant and give birth to a son and they shall name him Emmanuel which means God is with us oh somebody didn't hear that you should have praised God right on that God is with us when Joseph awoke from sleep he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him he took her as his wife but had no marital relations with her until she had given birth to a son and he named him Jesus Matthew chapter 2 verses 13 through 15 and 19 through 23 from the same version of the Bible the new revised standard version updated edition reads this way now after they had left an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said get up take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him then Joseph took up got up took the child and his mother by night and went to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod this was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet out of Egypt I shall call forth my son verse 19 when Herod died an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph and in Egypt and said get up take the child and his mother go to the land of Israel for those who were seeking the child's life are dead then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he had heard that Archelaus was ruling Judea in the place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And after being warned in a dream yet again, he went away to the district of Galilee. There he made his home in a town called Nazareth, so that when he had been spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled, he will be called a Nazarene. My brothers and my sisters, on this wonderful 8 o'clock worship experience, if I could tag the text for a moment, I'd tag it, when God speaks when God speaks you may be seated in the presence of the Most High God 
Today is Christmas Eve across the nation, across the globe, where we prepare ourselves for tomorrow, Christmas Day, where we liturgically celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. But oftentimes, when we think about the narrative of Jesus Christ, people often tell the stories of both Mary and Jesus. I come this morning, if I could, and hang my homiletical hat on telling the story of Joseph. I, I wish that in the middle of me saying that the brothers in the room would go ahead and give God a praise because oftentimes we don't highlight the stories of the brothers in the Bible in such a way when they're overlooked and underassumed, underestimated. And here we are this morning as we look at this passage or these passages, we recognize the nativity of Jesus Christ. The birth of Jesus Christ is described in the biblical gospels of Luke and Matthew only. The two accounts agree that Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea and that his mother Mary was engaged to a man by the name Joseph. Joseph, who was a descendant of David, was not maybe his biological father, but he was caused to be his adopted divine father. Jesus, who was born and caused to get, be born in the womb of a woman by divine intervention. And many modern scholars consider the birth narratives unhistorical because they are laced with theology and present two different accounts and cannot be harmonized into a single coherent narrative, which reminds me a lot of my own story. Some stuff just don't make sense sense. But it doesn't mean it did not happen. However, many other view the discussion of the historical piece about this is to say that there are a lot of theological lessons to learn, though they may not be in chronological order. In Matthew, the angel speaks to Joseph, while in Luke, only one speaks to Mary. In Luke, the story surrounding the birth of John the Baptist and the census and the adoration of the shepherds and the presentation in the temple on the eighth day. But in Matthew, we get the wise magi. I know people say often, why? men, but who says they were only men? We get the star of Bethlehem. We get Herod's plot to kill Jesus. We get the massacre of the innocent and a flight to Egypt. I, I pause as I read these texts, and you all know I love me a good Old Testament reference, and for whatever reason, I thought it was interesting that every time God spoke to Joseph, it was in a dream. It reminded me of a Joseph from the Old Testament narrative who was able to interpret dreams. There's something think about the fact that God uh, spoke to Joseph uh, multiple times while we often talk about the one time an angel spoke to Mary. Uh, Joseph, who oftentimes uh, goes unnamed uh, or overlooked like many black men in society, is often only known by his occupation. Uh, he worked with his hands. Uh, he was a carpenter. But is there anything else to know about Joseph? Uh, is there anything else to celebrate about Joseph? Uh, there are many black men in here today uh, who oftentimes are only known about what they can do at their job or what they can do with their hands but I came to celebrate black men this morning to say thank you for showing up thank you for pressing your way thank you for pushing through the mess thank you for being there thank you for providing and protecting thank you for making a way thank you for going to work when you didn't want to thank you for coming in the house and making sure we were good we give black men such a bad reputation but there are good black men in our world black men that have showed up for us when we didn't know what we were gonna do. A man who helped change attire. A man who prayed for you while you were going through. A man who provided. I thank God for father figures in my life. I don't know who my biological daddy is, but I know that the heavenly father sent spiritual fathers to step in and show me that every black man ain't a bad man. As a matter of fact, black men are the most beautiful men I've ever met in my life. 
Testament. And Joseph in the New Testament is presented with a very serious problem. Worse than what we've ever seen on Mari or Ricky Lake or Montel. This man has been betrothed and engaged to a woman and gets word, a text message that she's pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Now wait just one minute, Mary. You mean to tell me you went to church to pray and you coming back talking about you pregnant. You want me to believe this story, this narrative that you were out there talking to Jesus, talking to the Holy Ghost, uh, and now you're. I have not known you uh, in the biblical way, yet you're coming back and telling me that you have this child. Uh, I want you to imagine what Joseph could have been thinking to himself, uh, what he could have been talking about. And the Bible tells us in the first passage I read to you that in order not to disgrace her, he decided he would privately and quietly divorce her. There's something to be said uh, that he wasn't even thinking about himself. Uh, he wanted to make sure that she was still covered. He had some suspicion, some skepticism. I know many of you have to say to yourself, uh, you had been in a situation like that before where somebody reported a story to you uh, and expected you to still be responsible for what they were bringing to your doorstep. Uh, and you've had to wonder, now God, if this be you, you better show up and say that it be you because uh, something about this don't seem right. Uh, something about this don't seem clear. And I just want to present to you uh, what I think Joseph might have been going through uh, what Joseph might have been pondering how God used Joseph for us to be able to celebrate Jesus I, I'm grateful for Mary but can somebody say tell me a little bit about Joseph when God speaks, uh, the Bible tells us uh, that there is an angel that appears to Joseph at least four times in a dream. At least four times in a dream. I know I read you three passages, uh, but one passage gave us two dreams. And we find that Joseph, in the midst of his own anxiety and fear, knowing what the expectations of society were, was trying to figure out how to handle the situation. And I came to let you know that even while you're stressed and trying to figure it out, God God will still speak. Uh, I know some of us are trying to figure out what God is doing. Uh, Lord, it's in the middle and the end of December. You better speak up. I'm trying to make sure. I'm trying to honor you. I'm trying to serve you. But every time I turn around, there's trouble. Uh, people are looking at me sideways and crazy. And I got this situation on my hands. I came to let you know that God is still speaking. Uh, and the Bible tells us uh, that an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream uh, and told Joseph, uh, do not be afraid. Please still marry Mary because indeed this child was conceived by the Holy Spirit and this child that will be born will save everyone from their sins and Joseph awakens from the dream and obeys the word of the Lord. I came to tell somebody that while God is speaking you need to know the message here is that a savior is coming through you. Okay, Dr. Robinson explain yourself. Oh, okay, I'm going to try my best. Here Joseph is in a dream which lets me know that he possibly could not hear God while he was awake because he was working so hard trying to figure it out and there are some of us who are anxious and stressed trying to work some stuff out and God says fine go to sleep so I can talk to you pay attention to your dreams I'm whispering a message to you I came to let you know that I'm sending something through you and while you might not be biologically related to it you will be anointed to intervene 
You are responsible for a nation. Goodness is coming out of this mess. I'm God and I have ordained this. I'm in the middle of this situation. I came to let somebody know it's a holy responsibility to step up to do something that was never ever your responsibility to begin with. Let me talk plain and simple to you. I've had father figures who did not physically be my biological daddy, who stepped in to make sure I still looked good for prom, who made sure I still had money in my pocket. I came to celebrate men who stepped up and said, I might not be this baby's biological daddy, but I will be here for this child. I came to celebrate uncles and godfathers, granddaddies and superintendents. I came to say thank you for moving and making a way that even though I wasn't your child, you knew I was a child of the village. There are men who've seen anointing on your life, who stepped in and said, I'm going to protect, intervene, and cover. And Joseph is told, no, you might not be his biological daddy, but this child is coming to save the world. And what type of holy responsibility would it be for you to make sure that this child is all right? You will play a pivotal role in the outbreak and the breakthrough of your family. I came to say that you are the one tearing in the prayer closet. It might not have been your responsibility, but it's yours now to go to God on your on behalf of your family. Go to God on behalf of your coworkers. Go to God on behalf of your church. Go to God on behalf of your neighborhood. Go to God behalf on this nation. I know there would be a beautiful vision one day to see strong black men praying to God and talking to God, knowing I don't have to use my physical strength. I've got a spiritual strength. And when I call on my heavenly father, God does respond. Somebody say when God speaks. Not only will there be a savior coming through you, But when God speaks, he gives a strategy for survival. See, in the first dream, the angel tells Joseph to make sure you marry this woman. This child has been formed by me, anointed by me, will be the savior. And as we move through the first and second chapter of Matthew, we get this pericope and this narrative that Mary does then have this child, that the child is born in a manger. I want you to imagine what it felt like as a black man who stepped up to take responsibility and in the midst of traveling, running as asylum seekers across borders because there's been a senses pulled out uh, that this man physically had to try to protect uh, this pregnant woman uh, and knocked on doors to see where she can birth this savior because he knows he's got a heavy anointing he must protect uh, and while nobody would let them in he made sure he gathered enough hay uh, and enough cushion for her to lay down be able to birth this child uh, and then when she birthed this child uh, there was some star that hung above the skies uh, and the bible says that wise people arrived uh, and gave gifts uh, but after after they left, it seems like Joseph went back to sleep. Thank God for rest. The angel showed up one more time and the angel said, take up your child and your wife and flee. And now here's why I'm looking at another Old Testament reference. The Bible tells us that the angel tells Joseph to take his wife and his child and flee to Egypt. Pause for just a moment. Egypt is the same place when we pay attention to the Old Testament scripture that the people of God were fleeing because of bondage 
bondage, fleeing because of slavery. And the Bible says that now this Joseph is told to take his son, the Savior, and his wife back to the land that was once known as bondage to bring a man of liberation back to this. I came to tell you that wherever you find yourself, God is going to find you and bring some liberation. Here God is sending an angel and gives this man a strategy for survival. And I came to remind somebody that God will speak and tell you how to survive. And just in case you're wondering, what is the strategy? The Bible says that this man is told to leave where he is. I came to tell you, pack up your stuff. It's time to relocate where you are. It's time to make the decision. It's time to leave the job. It's time to relocate. It's time to go to another state. It's time to get out of that mess. Here's the courage to say, bye-bye, I'm done with this. I'm not dealing with this anymore. Here we find the angel telling Joseph, pack up your family, pack everything up, and make your way to Egypt. Here, this black man. Now, God, I done got them here. I done protected them as best I could. I made a way for her to birth this child. Uh, and now you're telling me I got to get up and go. I got to pack up these gifts. And some scholars say uh, that they were able to sell the gifts to have means to get to the next location. Uh, and I need you to know this was not a walk around the corner. They were moving across countries and domains. Uh, I'm talking about countries now that are still at war. Countries now that cannot celebrate the way we are celebrating because there's a war at the border. There's war determining what's holy. There's war that's going on. On. Jesus was born in the midst of a war and we find ourselves now still even in the midst of a war looking for survival I don't mean physical war is anybody struggling mentally financially physically emotionally at your job with your family in your house on the road you struggling with stuff and God I need a strategy to survive Lord speak up tell me what to do give me some instructions make it real plain i know i'm stressed and i can't hear you but put me to sleep and give me a message I declare sweet rest for some of you tonight that when you go to sleep, you go to sleep without stress. And when you go to sleep, that God gives you a dream, that God makes it clear to you the next chapter of your life, that God says to you what you need to do. I pray that tonight when you go to bed, you're not worried about gifts. You're not worried about children. You're not worried about money. But I pray that when you lay your head on your pillow, God speaks to you tonight so that this time tomorrow, you're able to testify. I heard a word from the Lord and the word said, I will live and not die the word of the Lord said I shall survive this the word of the Lord came through and said I'm gonna be bigger and better and wiser this time tomorrow it will be a Merry Christmas then they make their way to Egypt, get across some lands, and the Bible tells us that there they are in Egypt, and there they are raising now what seems to be a toddler. Now, I will admit to you, I am not familiar at all with birthing a child or birthing or having a child, but I am familiar with the difference of caring for an infant versus caring for a toddler. My best friend just had a baby, my, my godson. And I remember when he was born, he seemed a little bit more quieter. Uh, you, you were able to determine if it was a dirty diaper or needed a bottle or needed to go to sleep. 
but now he's about to be two and he be talking so much. I don't, I don't know what he's saying, but he be telling me off. I feel it in my spirit, his tone and his finger, the way he speaks to me. And, and for whatever reason, it seemed like he went from crawling to running. I don't remember him walking slowly ever. And I'm trying to imagine now Mary and Joseph dealing with a toddler running around in the midst of Egypt, talking, speaking out loud and saying all types, getting into things. Y'all know toddlers grab everything off the table that don't have nothing to do with them. Toddlers jump in the middle of the phone conversation. Today's toddlers think your cell phone is their cell phone. They come out the womb swiping iPads. They don't know anything about reading. They are swiping iPads. These babies come out very privileged. They, they ask for caviar and lobster now instead of getting Gerber baby food or maybe when I was going up sardines and grits. These children... God bless every parent in this room. Hallelujah. I do not envy you at all but I have moved you up my prayer list because tis the season that now the schools are closed and your toddler, your children are home a little longer than you anticipated or expected and you pay for daycare and meals and now a little crumb snatches a crack, snatching every crumb. But you know, I'm praying for you, I'm praying for you, I'm praying for you. Now this toddler that Mary and Joseph are caring for, they're in the midst of Egypt and Joseph is probably settling down thinking he's done all he needed to do, that he's done as best he can, that he's honored the word of God and he goes back to sleep. Because here's the thing, we've discovered that Joseph never gets any words. I think there's something to be said about the silence of Joseph in the middle of the birthing of this Messiah. So I, I pause just to say, when's the last time you asked your brother a brother to speak up and ask him really how he feels and how he's doing, hear his voice to recognize what's going on? We give men such a terrible reputation. They don't have any emotion. Well, did you ask? The response to toxic masculinity is not toxic femininity. It's a matter of opening door and invitation for safe space because that toxic gender identity will make men feel like they can't express their emotion because it's not manly. It's not manlike. I'm looking for a sensitive brother who can articulate what it is he's feeling and talk about how he's feeling during his day. I want a brother that does cry every now and then. I need to know you're human. I don't need you to be like the tin man talking about slide some oil to me. I need to know that you are made by God and you understand my plight in my situation I understand you have the weight of the world on your shoulders and you've come from the same legacy that I've come from so you're going through some stuff talk and speak to me while I'm here let me pause that's the very reason we are supporting our pastor while he's away take care how you're feeling emotionally and mentally so you can come back home we put so many demands on black men keep performing keep producing but today I challenge you ask a brother you barely talk to how are you feeling today look him in his eye and wait till he speaks and hear him. I don't know the next time one holds a door for you, look them in the eye and say thank you. And so, Joseph receives another dream and this time in the dream the angel comes to him and he says uh, the person or the people who were looking to kill Jesus are now dead it is now safe to return back to your homeland when God speaks God first tells us that we've got a mighty work coming through our hands God secondly gives us strategy for survival but thirdly God gives us safety even in the midst of stress and I don't know about anybody else in here today but 
that's good news to know that in the middle of my stressful situation, God is still going to offer me some safety. I'm so glad to know that God has made sure that the coast is clear, that I can return to do the things I've been called to do. The Bible says that God sent an angel to tell Joseph to pack him up and get back to Egypt. And as they were on their way back, another angel appeared and warned him and said, don't go that way, but return this way. This is how we got Jesus in Nazareth because Joseph was attentive to the voice of God. And I came to let somebody know that God is speaking today. God is coming to tell you that there is safety for you to return. There is safety for you to go again. And I am so elated to know that I serve a God who gives me safety in the midst of my stress. A God who is an all in all in an abyss. A God who is a buffer in the middle of battle. A God who is a cushion in the midst of crises. A God who is fortitude in the midst of frustration. A God who is gracing me in the midst of grief. A God who holds me while I'm hurting. A God who sends me peace in the midst of pain. A God who gives me serenity in the middle of being stressed. I'm so glad to know that I've got safety even in the middle of stressful moments. No wonder Paul said we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. When God speaks, even in your sleep, you need to know that God is going to speak by any means necessary. And this is why we say, speak to my heart. Speak to my heart, Holy Spirit. Give me the words that will bring new life. Words on the wings of the morning. The dark night, it will fade away. Speak to my heart. Message of love to encourage. Lifting my heart to love. Lord, speak to my heart. And when we might just hear God say it's safe to return to dream again to rest again to love again to write again to try again to worship again to go again to give again to live again I came to tell Fellowship Chicago Merry Christmas the Savior has been born and because he
When God, when God speaks, my Lord, my Lord, thank you, Dr. Robinson. Can we thank God for this preacher? Thank God for this word. If you're able to stand, could you please stand all over the sanctuary? The preacher said that we need a savior. We need a strategy. And then we can have some safety. Who knows the safest place to be is in the will of the Lord. The Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The greatest gift you can ever receive will not be found under a green tree. The greatest gift you can ever receive is knowing Jesus for yourself. We offer Christ to you. That's our gift to you. We offer Christ to you. That is the strategy. All you got to do is confess, believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And the Bible says that you will be saved. If you want to receive the gift of Jesus on this Christmas Eve, I invite you to come down any of these aisles. Perhaps you also may need to unite with a church, a body of believers. We would love to welcome you into the body of fellowship. We would love for you to be on board the ship. Perhaps you want to make some changes, start afresh in your life. Today is a good day to start over. So if you need Christ, if you want to connect with this church or you want to make some changes in your life, we invite you to come at this time. The doors of the church are open. The doors of the church are open. Would you come at this time? Would you come at this time? We sing the praises to the King, for he is the King of kings. Would you come? We sing the praises to the King, for he's the King of kings. Would you come? Would you come? We sing the praises to the King, for he is the King of kings. Would you come? The praises to the King, for he's the King of kings. Give him glory. Yeah. For he's the King of kings. Give him glory. Give him glory. For he's the King of kings. Give him glory. For he's the King of kings. Give him glory. Is there one? For he's the King of kings. Is there one? Give him glory. Is there one? For he's the king of kings. Give him glory. Come on. For he's the king of kings. Give him glory. Yeah. For he's the king of kings. Give him glory. For he's the king. For he's the king of kings. Listen, listen. I need your help. I need your help. I want you to turn to somebody. Turn to somebody. You should have spoken to him by now. You've been sitting with him for an hour. Turn to him. Say, friend, Merry Christmas. I want to give you a gift. The gift of salvation. 
If you want Christ, if you want to connect with this church, or if you want to make some changes, I'll walk you down the aisle. Now tug on them and say, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. It takes just one, just say, one to come out. Come on. Yeah. Come on, come on. All hell, all hell. Listen, how many of you know he reigns forever, forever and ever? We have reached the apex of Advent. We have celebrated Jesus as hope. We've celebrated Jesus as love. We've celebrated Jesus as joy. Today we've celebrated Jesus as peace. And now, we are going to celebrate Jesus as Christ the King. It's not just enough for us to simply say that Jesus Christ is our Lord and King. But our mission in life must be that we make it a reality among us and for those around us. How do we do that? We do that through our words. We do that through our deeds. We do that through our love. We do that through our service. We do that by living as Jesus lived. And then we will allow Jesus to reign over us. Will you let him reign over you? Will you let him reign over your home? Will you let him reign over your health? Will you let him reign over your finances? Will you let him reign over your mental capacity? Let Jesus reign over your life. And then without any hesitations or reservations, we can say, may your struggles keep you near the cross. May your troubles show that you need God. May your battles end the way that they should. And may your bad days Prove that God is good. I pray that your entire life proves that God is reigning over your life. Have a great week. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. 
Merry Christmas. He reigns. He reigns. He reigns forever. He reigns. He reigns. Say he reigns. He reigns forever. He Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. He Hey family, I pray you've been blessed by this message that God gave me. I hope you stay connected to Fellowship Chicago through YouTube, Facebook, or our website. Go to fellowshipchicago.com today and make sure that you stay updated on all of the great things that are happening on the ship. Until we meet again, may you be blessed by the power, the peace, and the provisions of God. Peace, peace.